It's Monday, May 24th. Scott's at the beach. We have Steve Glenn, private chef to the stars, maybe now, because he was with Gordon Ramsay, and a sad closing in RBA Dine. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia, voted second best podcast in the city of Richmond. My name is Scott Wise, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Restaurants are opening up in Richmond. They are. They are. Are we ever going to be first, do you think? Are we talking about the, the voting of the podcast again? Yeah, I need to talk about it more. I mean, I guess, well, I think the results will come out sometime this summer, so we'll see, right? I mean, nothing we can do about it now. Uh, yep, you're right. I just want to know if you think we're going to be first or if I'm just holding on to a pipe dream. The, po- the power of positive thinking. This is where you say I'm first in your heart, Scott. This is where you say that. That was the Come n- on. You interrupted me again, <laughs> and I didn't, have a chance to, I didn't have a chance to say it. You never get a chance to say anything. We've Now we've both been fully vaccinated. If you see yep. our Instagram page, by the way, at Eat It Virginia, you'll notice that our new catchphrase is 100% vaccinated, fully caffeinated. There we go. As she takes a sip of something mysterious mm-hmm. in her cup, hopefully coffee. It's tea. It's tea. It's, it's tea. tea time, Scott. It's caffeinated tea. Caffeinated tea. Easy. How have your dining experiences been since Richmond and Virginia is kind of, if you're vaccinated, fully open? So I went to the possum and it was delicious and I would, I'm going to hundred percent set the sleeping bag there and stay all the time. Did it feel pre pandemic to you or were there still things happening inside the possum, which obviously is one of the Richmond's or even Virginia's best restaurants that were that, that harkened back to COVID times. Well, a, so these are a couple of things that I think are really great, but they're still pandemic related. First, there's like a ton of space because capacity. So that's cool. Second, David Shannon, who is the owner slash chef slash everything for La Possum, they, they, we were there the night that they relaxed the mass restrictions. So now, you know, mass restrictions are relaxed in Richmond, indoor and outdoor if you're fully vaccinated. But David's kitchen was still fully masked and most all, actually 100% of the servers and bartenders were too because it hadn't been relaxed yet. But he and I talked about it. And we've decided we are going to wear masks in the Kroger and Sam's Club all the time anyway now. Like, is it like a fashion statement for you or is it a, a health just be, thing? Just because I feel like that it's a, it's a good idea. I think I'm just going to go into public places that have lots of people in them and still, still wear my mask. Hey, you do you, Roby Martin. This is America. Yes. Uh, yeah, I just I, it's, my, it's my choice and I'm a mask wearer. I, I have I like become it. a mask wearer. Speaking of the pandemic, our guest today, Steve Glenn, who you might not know, well, you and I know him because we just spoke with him, but the people mm-hmm. listening might not know because he's, he's not, he doesn't have his own restaurant. He's, he's not like a celebrity chef in town yet. He is appearing on the upcoming Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay, and he's a local kid, a local kid done good. Yeah, he's got a lot to say and I like it. That's right. He actually was telling us he filmed his season of Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay before the pandemic, it was supposed to come out in 2020. That didn't happen. And so now nearly two years later, it's finally seeing the light of day and Steve is ready to become a star. From Richmond Country Club to Fox 
Network. We have Steve Glenn on today, the podcast. I'm kind of stoked about this because I just learned that Steve was 21 when he competed and now he's 23. So maybe we should find out what happened in between there, Scott. I want to hear it all. I want to hear about how he, how he got on the show. I want to hear about the two years in between the show. I want to hear about filming the show. I want to hear about Gordon Ramsay. Steve, how the heck are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We are doing super well. Thank you. So this is the first, this is really, really a cool thing for me because I've, I've been in food enrichment for like as long as you've been alive and that we don't know each other. So. <laughs> oh, strangely enough. I know, and I'm so stoked to meet you. So give me a little bit about your background. Uh, so basically I'm Richmond native. I've been here for most of my life. Uh, I've worked a couple of different places. Uh, I went to school in Charlotte. I went to Johnson and Wales for a little bit. And then I came back home. Um, I worked at Richmond Country Club for a good chunk of my career. I was the executive sous chef over there um, for probably like the last two or three years. At the end of 2020, I actually left there and I started my own private chef business. So that's what I've been doing since then. Um, I've been cooking pretty much since I was probably about 16 is when I started, like really got my foot in the door as far as like the restaurant industry. And uh, I've been going pretty consistently since then. And it's, it's been a it's been a ride, you know? What part of town where are you from, Steve? Where'd you grow up and where'd you eat as a child around town? Well, actually I grew up uh, out in Chesterfield. And um, now I do a lot of work in and out of Richmond, but yeah, Chesterfield was kind of my main stomping ground and, you know, all the places throughout Midlothian. Most of the time I really ate at home because my grandma, she could throw down. That's uh, <laughs> really how I got inspired to be a chef. And, you know, she just kind of fascinated me. What was, what was, what was food at your house like growing up with grandma? Oh man, she would just make all types of stuff. She loved to do like fish and grits and stuff like that. She made the best greens and mac and cheese I've ever had in my entire life. Um, she got me in the kitchen at like 10 uh, peeling potatoes and cleaning collard greens and stuff like that. And I was just always amazed at her ability to transform, you know, these raw ingredients into, you know, something I could eat two bowls of without bad an eye. <laughs> now I want two bowls of whatever it is your grandmother's cooking. Cause I like food you can eat without batting any eyes. How does one start the food show circuit? Like how did you go from Richmond country club to Fox and Gordon Ramsay. Well, that's um, that's an interesting story because I never really planned on being on TV. Like it was nothing, it wasn't like on my list of things to do. It just kind of happened randomly. I was on Twitter as one is just scrolling away, scrolling my life away, doing what I do. And then I come across this post, um, Gordon Ramsay posted and it was saying he was looking for a protege. I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. So I uh, clicked on the post and there was this link there and when I clicked on the link, it led me to like a 13 page application. I was like, okay, that's not happening. So I clicked off of it and I forgot about it for a little bit. Um, but then some time passed and I thought about it some more and I was like, let's just see what it's about. So I filled out the application and I got a call maybe two hours later and somebody was like, okay, so we want you to try out for a Hell's Kitchen. I was like, whoa, all right, wait. <laughs> pause. I was like, whoa. Um, but, you know, through some convincing, I was like, all right, I could probably, I'd probably swing it. So, so wait, I went wait, for wait. it. The, the, they had to convince you to be on the show. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's the contestants that want to convince the network, right? Well, they didn't have to convince me, but some of the people around me had to convince me because 
once I found out about it, of course, I was like, hey, should I do this? And because I was skeptical, but, you know, I talked to some of my family members, they were like, go for it. Like, why, why wouldn't you? And so I went for it and I don't regret it. I can tell you that much. So you started off, so, but the show you were, are going to be on, um, mm-hmm. it's not Hell's Kitchen. Well, is it, it is Hell's Kitchen. It is. It's but, just, um, they just changed the format a little bit. So okay. it's, a, it's a different sort of type of Hell's Kitchen. Like they had Hell's Kitchen All-Stars back in the day where they brought back, you know, former contestants. So it's like a different variation on the show. Um, this one around, it's all people my age. So uh, the age gap was 21 to 23. Um, and so it's just a bunch of 21-year-olds and 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds all just kind of jumbled in there together being yelled at by Gordon Ramsay it's it's an experience for for one yeah I bet it is it's so Hell's Kitchen Young Guns is what mm-hmm. it's called okay perfect I just I just got a little fox um yeah representative telling me that it absolutely is Hell's Kitchen I love that um just stay on here and clean myself clean me up Marissa I love it I absolutely love it so 21 to 23 like were, were you guys all in the same hotel? Did you become good buddies? Like, how does that work? Well, yeah. So the way Hell's Kitchen works is we're all, the dorms are pretty much connected to the kitchen. So, you know, you come in, you work in the kitchen and then you go right, like you live right there, right across the hallway. So in the beginning, it was 18 of us. It was nine guys, nine girls. Uh, all the guys shared one room, all the girls shared one room. Uh, so naturally it got gross really fast, but <laughs> Um, once, once we got around that, we sort of, sort of learned how to live with each other and we ended up, you know, creating some relationships and bonds that, you know, I think will last a while. Um, yeah, I still talk to a lot of the people that I competed with like on a regular basis. So yeah, we, we had a good time, but we also had a hard time at times. For full transparency, you were telling us that this was recorded a while ago and then the pandemic hit. So walk us through the timeline. When exactly did you land in, I'm assuming it's Los Angeles? Is that where you guys yeah. recorded? So when well, did you- no, we recorded in Vegas. I'm sorry, Las Vegas. When did you land in Las Vegas? When did the show wrap? And how has it been to sit on this like excitement for months now? Um. So yeah, I went out to Vegas in May of 2019. And we recorded, you know, the full season and all of that good stuff. It, it was about it was a couple months. Uh, and then once I got back, I was pretty much just waiting for the air date. And our air date was originally supposed to be the spring of 2020. But, of course, the pandemic hit in March of 2020. And they were like, oh, halt. We're not going to do that just yet. Um, we're not going to do that just yet. We're, um, we're going to hold off until, you know, the pandemic blows over because, you know, we're bringing attention to a lot of restaurants and things on the show, and it's going to be really awkward if nobody can go to any of them. So obviously your, your friends and family knew that you were in Las Vegas filming this. Yeah. Uh, and so your circle knew, but I'm guessing you had to keep it a little bit of a secret for like your outer circle or just obviously the community. Yeah. I, I had to pretty much be silent for like two years. Uh, of course my family knew, and of course the people I competed with knew, but you know, as far as everybody else, we just kind of had to go back to normal life, which was really weird. Uh, just, you know, going through all of that and then coming home, be like, all right, go back to normal, act like nothing happened until, until it's time. And so uh, that's what I've been doing. And I'm glad I can finally, you know, let the world know. It's good to get that off my chest. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it a secret for two years sounds 
really, really, I mean, I don't keep secrets for more than 30 seconds, but I like, it sounds really, Did you really hear that, Richmond? Don't tell Roby yeah, your I'm secrets. Terrible. Do not tell me anything because I cannot. I'm going to log that up here. <laughs> yes, you have to. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at secrets. That's why nobody tells me anything because I immediately want to tell everybody else like this, which I really want to tell everybody else. So are you allowed to talk about the challenges you guys did on the show or no? Um, I can talk about a couple like the first ones. Um, yeah, so we did a lot of weird challenges. I can tell you that much. Uh, one of the first ones that you'll see on the premiere is uh, a squid tank. We had to dive into a tank full of squid and we had to get the squid and then we had to butcher the squid to Gordon Ramsay's Because that happens standards. in a regular restaurant often. Yeah, literally of chefs all the time. Themselves and yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally can see how that What was be. your previous experience with squid, both living and dead? Actually, before Hell's Kitchen, I had never, I had never had to, you know, break down a squid myself. Um, I actually got to learn from the main man himself. Gordon Ramsay sat there and taught me how to break it down. And then he was like, all right, now do this like a hundred more times. And I was like, okay, cool. What's the secret to, to, to breaking down a squid? Share the, the, the sauce. Wear gloves. <laughs> well, yeah, wear gloves. Uh, also, it, it helps if you're not wearing goggles for like squid water, because that's what I was doing for most of the time when I was breaking them down was, you know, trying to wipe the squid juice out of my face. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess the secret is just to, like, hold on tight. Don't, don't drop the knife. <laughs> Words to live by. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> hold on tight. Don't drop the knife. Yeah. I feel like that's a good metaphor for life. Um, so did you win? Don't let her, don't let her get you fired before the show even starts, Steve. She's not happening. I know. She, I, you just met this man, Roby. I know, get fun. But he didn't say no. He's gonna so be a celebrity. He's gonna be a celebrity. He's yes, gonna so. be a celebrity <laughs> chef in like a matter of months, and you're he trying to derail his career. So I'm not, not gonna derail. There's no confirmation. He pleads the fifth, and now he has to plead the fifth for every other question we ask him because that's legal <laughs> legal jargon right there. Ah, oh, dive into a squid tank. I mean, they're pretty docile animals, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, not me trying to kill them, but yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're slippery, so that's like the hardest thing to get around is you know you got to grasp them and that's hard to do because they don't there's there's nothing on them. there's no texture it's just, just squid squeezing right out cool yeah that sounds i can't wait to watch that i bet you that was <laughs> yeah i, I can't wait to watch it either funny and interesting at the same time that's gonna mm -hmm. that's gonna be oh cool what do you think it was about your application steve that got you a call back in two hours i mean that seemed i, I mean i've never been on a celebrity <laughs> cooking show or any show for that matter but i in my head, it would, it's like a months long process for you to get a call in on the same day. Something must've really stood out. Do you have any idea what that was? Did they tell you what it was? Uh, no, they didn't tell me what it was, but I, I can probably take a guess. Um, like I said, I, when I originally saw the, the application, I saw how long it was and I said, I'm not doing this. And I clicked off of it, but you know, I came back after I had a couple of drinks. So I loosened up a little bit <laughs> and you know, I was just, I was as honest as, as I could be. And I decided to be, you know, myself and put myself into this application. I answered all the questions as literally as possible. And, you know, I guess they enjoyed that because they called back really fast. Who, who is Steve? Tell us some of your answers. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to I can't really remember any of the questions specifically because it's so long ago. Uh -huh. But I just I just remember answering the questions like I didn't answer it like it was a job application. I did it more like. You know, it was just about me because it, it really was. So, 
it was just a lot of sarcasm, a lot of a lot of unexpected answers because a lot of times I go off on tangents because that's just the type of person I am. So there was a lot of paragraphs that shouldn't have been there that were in there because I was just going for it. Seemed to work. Good job. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I love it. Other than your ages, um, did you see any common themes with the group of contestants that were on this season? Um, no, really, it was just the ages that really held us together. It was people from all over the country, um, from, you know, with different positions and different levels of experience. Um, and right off the bat, you know, you could see it with that first challenge, exactly how experienced some people were and how unexperienced some people were. And that was something that, you know, okay, kind of peeped that out early because it might be a problem during dinner service. But other than that, it was just kind of, we had to feel the competition out just like you will when you watch it. Yeah, was, was anybody familiar with diving for squid? Are you allowed to tell me that? Or were, were um, all of you all in the same unexperienced uh, boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I managed to not find anybody who was a regular squid diver. So, wow, the casting really lucked out on that one. But. I was going <laughs> to There's that sarcasm, Roby. I like it. <laughs> there it is. I just heard it. I, I just heard it. I gave him a nice little layup for that. And he was going to send me a gift. And he, he wasn't did. lying. He wasn't lying. No. I, I love it. So here's my question. One of my questions for you, Steve. Obviously, mm -hmm. Gordon Ramsay's a mega star, one of the biggest stars in the world, instantly mm -hmm. recognizable. What was it like the first time you met him when he walked into the room? A. And then B. What surprised you about him? Um, well, it was terrifying. I'll tell you that much. Uh, he didn't walk into the room. We walked into the room where he was, as it turned out. And, you know, we saw him from a distance initially. So you kind of squint and you're like, is that, oh yeah, no, that's him. And, you know, we walked towards him and you don't realize this seeing him on TV because that was the only time I'd ever seen him beforehand. Um, he's gigantic. Like he's massive. Like I'm six, four, so I'm not a small person, but I think He's technically 6'2", but he's got like three inches of hair. So that makes him at least 6'5". <laughs> and um, so, and plus he's like really built. Like he's just huge. Like when he grabbed my hand, he pretty much, it's like a bear bit. Like it's crazy. And so I had to get past that really fast because the more you focus on it, the, the more it takes your focus off of the competition. So you can't, can't be starstruck in this situation. You got to, you know, take it and roll with it. Okay. I bet you do. I mean, I, I think that I would be, I don't, I mean, He's a pretty imposing figure on television. So I imagine adding his stature is just more to deal with. Was there any best practices you took away from him? I mean, he is on a food show regularly, really knows his stuff. Did you, do you feel like there was a couple of things you oh, brought yeah, home? Oh yeah, sure. Learned? Like I learned so much while I was there. Like I felt like an entirely different chef coming out of Hell's Kitchen. Um, yeah, cause every single day it was just a different lesson. He just taught us something else about, you know, leading a team because that was really his focus was teaching all of us how to lead. And so he gave me a lot of different pointers on, you know, how to, you know, bring your team up, build them up and, you know, let them know. Even if you build them up, let them know if they're messing up and let them know pretty fast and pretty head on. He, he told me not to, to dance around certain things, you know, because, you know, he doesn't really mince words when it comes to anything. So being uh, that was a big problem for our group is because we're so young you know naturally we we want people to like us and we don't want to 
make enemies, but he was like, if you're going to really, really do this and be at this position, you have to yeah, make people mad at you. So the Gordon Ramsay that we see on TV is the Gordon Ramsay that you experienced in real life is what, is what you're saying. Yeah. For the most part, he's, uh, I mean, of course, editing makes it look like he's angry all the time, but that's of course not the case. You know, he's, he's a really cool dude. Like if he wasn't yelling at us, we cracked a lot of jokes, just kind of chilling out on set. But when it comes to his food and his reputation, he is, dead serious about that like there's no jokes I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the editing because when i edit this podcast i try to make myself seem as smart as possible <laughs> and i i don't really touch what roby says whatever roby says kind of just goes i don't really mess with what she says we but. are on our own steve so <laughs> whatever we say gets not edited at all however scott edits everything yes. he even changes his appearance a little bit it's insane. i have to oh, look really? at this look at this yeah face. he won't have the a green shirt on. on in this oh yeah slaps on, slaps on paris immediately <laughs> that's exactly nice. what he does so my 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 question is, are you uh, are you nervous about the edit you're going to get? Because you really have no control over that. Yeah. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Uh, Two years, probably. Nights. Yeah. <laughs> thinking like, oh, my goodness. Like, I hope I didn't say anything like in the moment that will embarrass my entire family. But um, I don't think I did. I tried to go into it once again, being myself, being who I am, you know, every single day with everybody. And you know, that, that person likes to think before they speak. So I did a lot of that, you know, even though there's a lot of times in Hell's Kitchen where it's super fast and you don't get a lot of time to think before you speak. But for the most part, for the most part, I try to think out all my answers, make sure I wasn't, you know, putting myself in a position where I could be maybe edited in an unpleasing light. But then again, we, we filmed so much stuff. I don't, I don't know what they're going to show. We'll, we'll see though. They always say that your gut feeling is your like the best one or your intuition is best. Do you feel like the quickness of the show showed that you really can trust your gut? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, a big portion of that show is trusting your gut because there's no t- there's a lot of time, not much time to think. So, you know, a lot of it is, you know, you, you have to trust your instinct as a chef in order to make it in that show because most of the challenges you you don't, see anything going into it it's just this is what you have to cook with now make something amazing now we've interviewed some folks that have been on some of gordon's shows before that have been on chopped on another network we won't mention the network marissa <laughs> on another network uh not as cool as fox the network. not as cool as fox the network. Oh, fox is where it's at <laughs> <laughs> so my question is so these folks had restaurants that once, once they hit it big on, you know, national TV, they had mm-hmm. restaurants that got really busy or that um, had the line out the door or whatever that, that, that they could promote. What's it going to look like for Steve once the show airs? Where can people see Steve? Well, right now, since I'm not associated with a restaurant, it's pretty much I'm promoting myself as the private chef that I am. Um, so you can go to my, my website. Um, I do a lot of private dinner parties and I do business events and things like that. Um, so you can, of course, book me for a private party if you would like. I'm also looking into doing some private classes because one thing that I'm uh, really passionate about is teaching. So I want to get into that. Um, so especially this summer and you know, going into the fall, I'm going to be setting up some stuff to do some classes, uh, some virtual, some in person. But um, that's in the pipeline. I've also got some merch on my site that you can check out nice what kind of merch if you want to support i've got t-shirts i've got mugs i've got bags all types of stuff with my little logo on it with my little face that you can get in support of me you can root me on 
as you watch That's the show every week? TheChefSteve.com. Is that the right site? That's the right site right there. Wow, you are resourceful. Look at that. Just pulled that I don't up. know. I did. I'm right here with it. Just totally <laughs> pumping you up. So if I yeah, wanted you to come to my house and, I don't know, cook some squid, you'd do it? Oh, yeah, totally. All you got to do is go <laughs> to that website, scroll down to the bottom to the contact information spot. You can shoot me an email and, you know, we'll talk. All of my uh, all of my menus, I sort of try to personally curate to the client. So we'll chat it up for a little bit and I try to get a feel for your personality and I try to make your menu kind of around that and what you like. Um, also, I like to play some cool R&B during my party. So I was just getting ready to ask about this because in not everybody can see you, but we can. And behind you, there looks like there's a guitar and a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And I'm just stuck in your house right now. Um, okay. Things that you play or did you just put them up there to make yourself look cool? No, I do. I play quite a few different instruments. Some stuff that you can't see where, but there's a keyboard behind me. There's a guitar. There's a trombone on this side. There's a clarinet. Uh, there's a saxophone over there and a didgeridoo in the corner. So. You are ringing Scott's bell right now. He is a music guy. He loves oh, yeah. all things musical. I have zero questions about your musical talent because I am, I, I mean, I can do the electric slide. That's pretty much the extent. Oh, the electric slide is a classic. Okay, so... <laughs> Don't, don't be ashamed. You're, you're giving that. me way too much credit. <laughs> However, Scott can really go down this road with you. Were you in the high school band in Chesterfield? Did you? Grow- oh yeah, big band kid. I went to uh, I went to Manchester High School. It's go Lancers. Go Lancers. Woo. Yep, they love all of them. Um, yeah, I was a big band kid. My main instrument starting off was clarinet, and uh, you know, over the course you know of middle school and high school, I just kind of picked other stuff up. Um, by the end of it, I was on drumline, and that was probably my favorite thing was being on drumline and playing drums for that band because you know we had a lot of fun doing cadences and stuff at football games. Um, I might end up once football games start back up, I might go out there and check them out once they're up and running again. You gotta um, do it. That'd yeah, be so I mean, fun. why not see see some of the old teachers and everything over there? That'd be fun. So my first instrument was a clarinet too, Scott, but my trajectory did not go to guitar or um, <laughs> or a keyboard or any of those things. I, I did um, twirl a flag. <laughs> that's oh, not me. I mean, that's, well, <laughs> everybody has talent, Ruby. It takes that's rhythm it. So it, of some sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah t- tell somebody else that because I know that it does not take rhythm. So the intersection of food and music is, is where I like to live there, uh, Steve. Talk, talk to me about the similarities that you ha- that you feel when you're playing your instruments and when you're when you're preparing uh, meals for folks. Oh well, yeah, that's a lot of it is muscle memory. To be honest with you, because you know once you get really into music and you're you know you learn an instrument, um, you know a lot of it's muscle memory. You know you just kind of feel it as opposed to thinking about it. Like a lot of times when I cook, I feel it as opposed to thinking about it. Like I don't really I don't measure anything when I cook it's a lot of sprinkle until I feel like until I hear my grandma speaking in the background saying stop you know um so and she played piano too so that's where I pick up that skill um so a lot of it's you know just connecting to who you are and thinking about well not thinking really and just feeling what you're doing as opposed to thinking who are some of your favorite musicians oh I love like old-timey music like I, I'm wait, wait, really wait, 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 wait. you're 23 we're, oh, yeah. We are in a different generation than you are. So choose these mm-hmm. old timey artists very carefully. Oh, no, I'm talking about before your time, before my time, probably before your mom's time. I'm talking old. We're, we're not talking like, Prince uh, and Michael Jackson, are we? 
No. Okay, good. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love him too. I love him too, but that's not it's not old enough for me. I'm thinking back in the 30s like I'm I'm big into like swing jazz. So I've listened to a lot of Cab Calloway and Fats Waller, like the old school like Harlem folks. And um Count Basie. I just I love like hard like hardcore swing jazz. I don't know if that's like a genre of music. It is now, brother. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> It is now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so let's go back to the show on Hell's Kitchen. I know that, mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, some of the folks in Richmond have been on some of Gordon Ramsay's shows. Did you have any connection with those folks? I know Shane um, Shane Roberts comes to mind over at the Southern Kitchen. Uh, I know Gordon yeah. visited. I don't, can't remember when that was exactly. I guess it was right before. It was like January. Or it was in the fall of 2019, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you connect they, with they... her at all? They shot that show shortly after I got back from Elle's Kitchen. Um, she's actually a family friend, as it turns out. She uh, she went to church with my mom. So, you know, we we already knew of each other. I plan on going over there to collaborate with her at some point um, in the coming months. Like I said, I'm collaborating with businesses all over the city. And um, she is on that list. So you will be seeing something from me and Shane probably in the future. Thank because I, I, I love Southern Kitchen. That cornbread is crazy good. Like, it's wild. Cornbread from Southern Kitchen with that personality mm-hmm. of Shane. That's probably oh, together yeah. is like it's bang on. Yeah, I love her. She is just bubbly and her laugh is very infectious. Like when she laughs, you're gonna laugh too. We had the best time with her for sure. And I know for her, she was on the show and like right after the show aired, I think, is when the lockdown started. So mm-hmm. like she had this really high, like this really this pinnacle of you know, stardom, I guess you could and say. And then curveball came the next the next week. What was it like for you sitting through the pandemic, like waiting for this show to premiere? Well, it was a lot of because I we didn't get an immediate response from Fox. Like we didn't get an immediate this isn't gonna happen. So I didn't really know what was gonna happen. Like of course in my mind I'm thinking they're probably not gonna air it, but there was still a possibility that they could. So it was just it was that first month of the pandemic was really like up in the air, like everybody else, you know, your, your mind is going a thousand places because, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, so it was rough, but fortunately I had, you know, people to fall back on, people to confide in. Uh, like we started a group chat, me and about 10, 12 of the other contestants that were on the show. And we chatting that maybe once or twice a week. Um, and that really helped kind of pulled me through the pandemic and it helped pull a lot of us through the pandemic because we were able to talk about the show and you know about the things that we were feeling our concerns you know with each other because we couldn't talk to anybody else naturally because you know we we signed that piece of paper but um it was good to be able to talk to each other and to lift uplift each other and um yeah i'm really grateful for the relationships that i built um in hell's kitchen that's beautiful is one of the winners on that chat no, 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 yeah. no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, well, I, don't do it. I, She's trying to screw me up. The chat's not available. It's, it's not going to screw me up. Yes, one of the winners is in the chat. I won't tell you who it is, but they're, they're there. Roby. Roby. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Scott and Roby and Steve Glenn. So, um, how do you keep a two-year secret? I can't even remember what I did yesterday. So keeping a two year secret would be quite difficult for me, but I appreciated your honesty in the interview when you said that you can't keep a secret at all. No, I'm actually pretty pathetic at secrets. I mean, 
I shouldn't say that because I'm in HR. I gotta keep a lot of secrets, but I am. Um, I'm not really good at secrets. Also, Scott, this is not a secret anymore, I don't think, but you want to hear something sad? No, not really. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> okay. Because uh, that's what this works. Um, Pops on Grace is closing. Oh, yes. That is not a secret. But I did see and hear about that. That is, that is quite sad. Do you know the reasons behind the closing? Well, so my two buddies that I typically go out to eat with, um, they uh, one of them has an office downtown, and so they tend to get snacks from Pops on Grace pretty regularly. So like last time they were there, um, she told him that she, she was closing like June the on June 21st or something similar. And I'm betting it's because they're choosing not to um, renew their lease. Okay. So probably the pandemic didn't help, which I mean, didn't help anybody really, but definitely didn't help the folks at Pops on Grace. Have you heard anything about heritage? Cause I'm seeing Joe popping up over at Hardywood with his pizza project. Do we know? Do we know what's happening to my favorite restaurant heritage? I don't know what's happening to your favorite restaurant heritage, but you should make a plea to them right now to open back up specifically so you can go. Well, I mean, if Joe is happy, I am happy. So. Did you see that pizza? It looks really good. I'd be happy with that. I mean, it doesn't take much to make me happy when it comes to pizza. So, <laughs> Joe's Joe's lot of making pizza over at Heritage. Oh, sorry, over at Hardywood. I mean, my favorite worlds are colliding. Yeah, beer and pizza sounds perfect for me. So Scott, where are you right now? I am in a bunker in Virginia Beach. My my brother Eric has invited my family to stay with him as he conducts business down here. So we're here for a few days and I'm virtually working. My kids are virtually schooling. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to look out the window and see the surf while I'm toiling away. Will he still have his date night with our favorite chef from from Alewife while he's there? I think actually this podcast is going to come out after uh, this happens, but I think this weekend my brother's business is having some sort of uh, soiree with with Bobo and the folks at Alewife. So, oh really? Are you going? If you're able to go back to the past, have fun at the. It's like a beer. It's a beer dinner. On, on Sunday, I guess the day before this podcast comes out. So apologies, folks. Maybe I'll share it on our, our social media. I have to ask, get Eric's permission about that. Or they'll just need to do it again. So just go to, Alewife, go. go to Alewife's social. Actually, but you're hearing this after the fact, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. This episode of Eat It, Virgi Eat it Virginia. <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> No! Oh, God, no.